Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So glad that you've joined us on the radio or on the app or on the website. Calvary Live comes to you as a production of Grace FM Colorado uh, that originates right here from the studios in Calvary Church. Used to, I almost said Calvary Chapel. We used to be Calvary Chapel Aurora, and in many ways we still are. We kept all our names. Even though we changed the name, we keep them all. Um, I think our original name was Calvary Christian Fellowship Aurora, and, and we've changed the names over the years uh, to reflect how we want to communicate to the, to the community. Um, people asked us about, why did you change to Calvary Church? Uh, and we changed for a few reasons. Uh, we Number one, the word chapel uh, has a different meaning today than it did 30 years ago, and we were getting quite a bit of input and, and requests for a wedding chapel. And so people thought by that name that we were a wedding chapel. We would be quite a big wedding, wedding chapel if they were judging it, but I guess the building doesn't look very big from the outside, um, but the 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 building is uses space very very well uh and we're not a wedding chapel and then we also were getting phone calls that we were a memorial chapel and uh we aren't a memorial chapel or a wedding chapel and and church you know that we've never been opposed to the word church and we've never been opposed to displaying crosses or anything and we we were looking at what god was doing through our friend Pastor Skip Heitzig in Calvary of Albuquerque, and we sent a couple guys down there to work with their admin team, make some observations, and we brought back a lot of ideas from Albuquerque, and one of them was the name of the church. They became Calvary Church. We became Calvary Church, uh, because I've just always loved partnering uh, with Pastor Skip, uh, uh, grateful over the years to meet him and become good friends with him. Uh, if there is a Bible teacher um, outside of Pastor Chuck Smith, my Pastor Jeff Johnson, uh, if there was a radio Bible teacher, you could say, who's now my friend, is that's influenced me the most since I was a new believer, it's Skip Heitzig. And Back in the day, and I'm just saying all this, starting the program off, I always have some introductory remarks to give time for you to call in, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. And I'm going somewhere with all this, so I'm not aimlessly mumbling. I have an, I have something I want to share with you. Uh, but Pastor Skip Heitzig uh, was used greatly. Back in the day, I would get his monthly cassette tapes in the mail. They would, you would get two cassette tapes. You could subscribe to this, uh, where you get two cassette tapes, the Sunday and the Wednesday message. 
about a week or so later, I'm sure they mailed them out on Mondays and you'd get them on Friday or something like that. And I would listen to every one of them. And one of the things I did with Pastor Skip is I, before I had a computer, I would um, write down his Bible studies word for word. And so I'd stay up late at night. I would stop the tape, rewind it, stop the tape, rewind it. I would write out his Bible studies word for word. And then I would go back with that writing and I would rewrite it by how I thought he put his notes together. And that that process helped me develop my own thinking and my own process using his teachings as a model of how to note how to start. It was the very beginning. It was rudimentary in those days. Over the years I've developed a style that I'm used to. But Marie would often get up like in the middle of the night, two or three o'clock in the morning. I'd have my little yellow Walkman with my foam ear uh, ear things on, uh, headphones on, but over your ear, you know, with the foam. Uh, and she would pull them off my head gently and say, it's time to come to bed. And I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work. And, and so I truly do appreciate Pastor Skip. Uh, and after meeting him, uh, in serving with him and ministering alongside of him. He's the real deal. And I so love and appreciate Pastor Skip and Linnea. Uh, and right before the program, Kevin and I, as we were prepping and praying, just talking about radio and talking about uh, stations available and if we could buy stations. And I told Kevin that we here at Calvary are so committed to radio that even if someone offered us a very large sum of money for our radio station, we would not sell it because this radio station is more valuable than money to us. It is more valuable than money because of the ministry that goes forth through it. Uh, and I mean, obviously anything we would pray, but like we would not want to give up the opportunity to communicate the gospel to our community um, by through this radio station. And, and what a blessing, you know, what a blessing that the Lord would allow us to provide this radio station to you. And we are not interested in, it's more value than, than money. I don't know any other way to put it, um, 100%. And I want to thank you guys for um, supporting us. Um, Kevin put a sheet before me. So I want to say, as we're waiting for your phone calls, 303-690-3000, I'm asking you, I'm exhorting you financially with your money, support local Christian radio. I'm asking you to give to your local Christian radio station. The station you are listening to right now could use your financial support. And we're not going to be like other stations where we do dragged out long dragged out, you know, give us money, give us money, give us money. We're not going to do that and interrupt our Bible teaching studies uh, for that. We're not a corporation, so we don't have big pockets or big investments. We're churches. So the station you're listening to right now is a church. It's owned by a church. And so here, if you are on Grace FM, then go to gracefm.com and donate. There you can even become a Grace Partner Pastor Joshua and I were talking today about the swag bags we're putting together 
Um, it's a way of us developing a relationship with you and just thanking you for your support. You can do that. You can give one time. You can sign up as a Grace Partner, whatever the Lord leads you to do, gracefm.com. And that you could be listening in Colorado and Wyoming and sometimes in Nebraska. I remember one uh, we got feedback once from up in the corner of Nebraska. Uh, that's a possibility, of course, online around the country, gracefm.com. If you're listening to Grace FM, support us. Then we have Radio by Grace, currently heard in Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Iowa, Idaho, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, Mississippi, Montana, New Mexico, Nevada, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. And this was a kind of a little um, quiz, that a test that Kevin gave me, because he gave me the the abbreviations of all the states, and I think I hit it. I think I nailed it. Uh, but if you're listening there and you're listening to Radio by Grace, then support Radio by Grace, radiobygrace.com. If you're listening in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or Maryland, then you're listening on Hope FM. And if you're listening on Hope FM, go to hopefm.net, hopefm.net. If you're listening in, again, another station in Tennessee, North Carolina, or Kentucky, then go to truthfm.net. And if you're listening in the Meridian Boise area, go to higherrockradio.org, higherrockradio.org. So I, I always want to tell you, we're not going to beg you, we're not going to pressure you, but we will tell you that radio comes with a lot of bills financially, like it's not free. I know it comes to you free and it can be enjoyed free, but not only does it pay the bills, but it opens doors for expansion, new stations, Stronger signals, on and on and on. Kathleen in New New Jersey, uh, welcome to the program. Hey, Kathleen, you're on the air. All right. She asked a question about Neanderthals and what does the Bible have to say about them? Um, According to the Bible, there is no such thing as prehistoric man. In that sense, the Bible gives no indication that Adam and Eve evolved. As a matter of fact, the Bible explicitly says that Adam and Eve were created out of the dust of the ground, or at least Adam was, uh, and Eve was created out of one of the ribs of Adam. So, you know, indirectly, of course, they're both created out of the out of the dust of the earth. Um, and the idea of of Neanderthal or caveman is just a Darwinian humanistic evolution concept. And it's interesting, they, they make Neanderthals or cavemen to be very dumb, uh, you know, very primitive, very drag your wife around by the hair kind of nonsense. But human beings are extremely sophisticated, intelligent. The, you could say it this way, I think when I taught through Genesis, uh, and, and I didn't make this up, of course, but um, it's, it's mine. Uh, I own it now because it's, I've adapted it, but... Um, the the crown jewel of God's creation is humans. So there's no such thing. And you look like you were asking for a timeline. Um, they wouldn't be on any real timeline because it's not real. 303-690-3000, uh, or you can text me directly, 720-336-0897. Here's a text. 
Is there any way we can go back and listen to this at a later time? The answer is yes. You can do it a couple of ways. Number one, you can sign up for the Calvary Live podcast and have the programs delivered to your device automatically, just like any other podcast. So we podcast these audibly uh, and just search in your, however you get your podcast, Calvary Live. And if you look up Calvary Live, you might have to read through, because I'm sure some Calvary churches say they're live. So you have to read through, make sure you get the radio program, Calvary Live, uh, and you can do it that way. Or you can download the free app, the Grace FM app, uh, and I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to look right now and see under under the App Store in on my Apple device. I'm going to put my name in, Ed Taylor, and the Calvary Church site comes up, but not the Grace FM one. So the Calvary Church app, you can download that, and you can listen to Grace FM there, but for the podcast or for the rebroadcast, you have to get the Grace FM app. Uh, and so the way to get that is Grace FM with no space. Grace FM with no space. So it's Grace FM, all one word, and our app will come up. And you can listen to them. They're posted right there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to look up because I already have it downloaded. So I'm going to look it up. I'm going to open Grace FM. I am on the front page. And uh, let's see here. I'm looking at the, it says media library, and the very first option is Calvary Live Podcast. And let's see what date we're on. So far, they have updated 1014. So I, we must do it a week at a time. So after a week, it'll be posted. Thanks for asking. You can text me 720-336-0897. Here's a question, Exodus chapter 8. Uh, it says, let me see here. Uh, would Exodus 8, verse 22, be a reflection of the rapture? And that's interesting. The 8.22 says, On that day I will set apart the land of Goshen where my people dwell, so that no swarms of flies shall be there, that you may know that I'm the Lord in the midst. Um, I don't think it is a direct reference to the rapture, but I do think it does reflect this truth, and that is, God is able to make a distinction, I mean, obviously, but actually we can experience that distinction with between believers and unbelievers. He can protect, um, he, can, um, he can withhold or protect from judgment. Um, I'm trying to think of the passage. It's uh, uh, God knows how it's, I forget it. It made me think of a scripture, but now I can't remember it. I did the same thing talking to Marie today. Um, God knows uh, there's a passage. I'm going to see it real quick here. I'm going to talk out loud. Um, oh, man, I might have to look it up during the the break. Um, but he knows how to deliver the ungodly. That's how it is. Uh, he knows how to deliver the godly uh, from the day of judgment. So let's see here. I'm looking it up, trying to find it. Um, did you find it? Okay. 
It is Second Peter 2.9, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment, Second Peter 2.9. So I think that that is a New Testament equivalent of what you just mentioned in, in the book of Exodus. So great picture, great, um, great question. Hey, happy Pastor Appreciation Month. We appreciate you, Pastor Ed. Thank you. Um, and I appreciate my pastor and all the pastors here as well, uh, except for myself. I'll leave the appreciation of myself for others, but I love the team that we have here. I love my pastor, Jeff. I text him today, actually, and his wife, Karen. Uh, he just uh, had just this, he's 72, and he had a massive battle with cancer. They have declared him cancer-free, but it's done great damage to his body, all the chemotherapy. So thank you for your appreciation and prayers for me. And when you think of me, think of all the pastors that are here. Um, they, they help to make uh, the ministry here so fruitful as we serve together. Uh, and I'm grateful for a month where we can thank our pastors. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Uh, I want to pray for Bill Wilson, had heart surgery, was successful, he's in the ICU. So I want to pray for your brother Bill. And then I also want to pray for Jim Belk, B-E-L-K. Jim is also in the ICU. Marie and I just came back from visiting him. Uh, He is in the ICU, and he is in critical uh, but stable condition, a very difficult situation. So I want to pray uh, for the Belk family and just such a special, sweet, wonderful family that God allowed us to be a part of. Um, never would have thought, I didn't anticipate, um, you know, when I think about pastoral ministry, uh, when I moved here to Colorado, I didn't understand what it all meant. I mean, you think you do until you live it out. And and you know, a lot of times you give the you you talk about I didn't know how hard it would be when we got here, and that's all fine and true, and and that's not for today's discussion. I'll tell you another thing: I didn't know how good it would be. I didn't realize how many wonderful people God would allow me to serve and to be a part of their lives, and to know them, or to watch them, or to hear about them, or to see their kids grow up, or to be a part of special days like weddings, or maybe memorials, which is special but hard. Or how, you know, like Jim and uh, Kay, and now uh, after Kay passed away, he remarried with Precious Velma, um, how I would be able to be a part of their extended families with their kids and their grandkids. I mean, I, I think the church family, I know some of you guys can relate to this, but church family can be closer than your own blood family uh, at times, and just so grateful and and so I am grateful, and we pray, God, that you. we want to rejoice of the successful heart surgery for Bill as I'm reading through this text, but I also pray for the, the crisis that Jim is in right now medically, and we pray for mercy to be upon that home, or that, that well, really it's his home right now, that hospital room. We pray, God, for miraculous. We know that doctors do not get the final word, and so our hope is in you, Lord. It doesn't fade, even though it is attacked at times. And we just pray for your perfect will to be done and that we would line up with your will. You said if we pray anything according to your will, you'll do it. And so in all of our desires, we desire him to heal. We desire him to wake up. We desire him 
to have very little, if any, damage. We desire for his surgery uh, to heal, and we yield Jim to you, God, and so grateful to have him in our lives. And I just pray for the family. I pray, God, uh, for his sons and their precious wives and all the grandkids coming in. May you be glorified. And I thank you for Bill. We want to hear these successful surgeries, and we are grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 303-690-3000. is the number. We're taking your calls and your questions today. Uh, as we do, we get to all the time. What a privilege. What an honor. And I'm looking at my Bible program has crashed on me. Everything's crashing these days. What has happened? 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Let's go to Inglewood, Colorado. Mary, welcome to the program. Yes, hi, Pastor Ed Taylor. Hi. Um, I am I'm reading and um, the Word of God, and in Luke uh, 7.33, uh, it says that uh, they did not believe John, whom, whom did not eat nor drink. How would they believe him who have come, ate, and drank? Yes. Um, what was he, uh, what was he uh, saying with that? Well, you know, John the Baptist came with a message of repentance. He came as the final Old Testament prophet pointing to Messiah. And Jesus is making the point of if they won't believe John— then, uh, then how will they believe me? Um, can you give me the the reference again? What was the Matthew what? Matthew seven thirty three through thirty five. Seven thirty three. So let me just read it real quick here. Seven thirty seven thirty three. Yes. Uh, Matthew seven ends in verse twenty nine. Oh yes, I do apologize. <laughs> so. Where is it? Oh, it ends in 25. Yeah, oh. it, the last verse in chapter 7 is 29. I am so sorry, Pastor. It's actually Luke. 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 Okay, let's get over there. 733. All right. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and you say he has a demon. The Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by our children. Okay. So John the Baptist took a um, John the Baptist lived a life of asceticism or of purity, separated himself from partying, eating bread as a euphemism for you know the the kind of lifestyle that that would include all kinds of foods and drinking wine, and they accused him of having a demon. Jesus, now he's comparing Jesus, is I eat, you know, I'm at a, a wedding party, and I'm with people, and I'm drinking wine without getting drunk, and you call me that I eat too much, and I'm a, I'm a drunkard, a wine-bibber, and I have friends of tax collectors and sinners, because, you know, that's when they said a friend of tax collectors, they meant that he was also a sinner. Uh, and then Jesus says, but wisdom is justified by all her children. Basically, Jesus is saying, you know, look, you're never, you weren't happy with John the Baptist. You, ha, you're, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how we act. 
If we take a more conservative approach uh, to life without sin, then you're going to say he's demon-possessed because he's talking about Messiah and saying, I'm the Messiah. And then here I am, I'm, I, I go to houses of tax collectors, and I eat their food, and I drink their wine, and you call me, you call me names. You think I'm sinning by gluttony, or that I am a, a sinner of drunkenness, and that I'm approving of sin and tax collectors. But he says, here's, you need to look at the, the fruit of our lives, because if you're really walking in wisdom, then the fruit of my life, which is, again, he's using metaphors and pictures of uh, the children of my life, what I bear, you know, bearing fruit, what is bear, what is born from my life will justify the kind of behavior and who I really am. And basically in verses 31, he's rebuking them because they're never happy. It doesn't matter what you do, they're going to be critical. They don't want to believe. That's the essence. They don't want to believe, and they're going to make up any kind of reason not to believe. That's really what that essence of that passage is. Okay, great. Thank you, Pastor Ed. Because, um, see, sometimes, and I don't know if I'm doing wrong, because if I go to a wedding, I didn't feel a conviction that all of a sudden, like, um, where I'm assisting, it's like, you know, I can't, I, I'm not able to hear worldly music. And I understand there's some music we're not allowed to hear, but, you know, sometimes I, I like to hear jazz. And sure. I like to hear um, you know, back in the old 80s yes. <laughs> music that has nothing to do with, um, you know, what we're, we we hear that's bad. Um, and then I go to weddings and I'll, I'll dance with my husband who asks me to dance. And, For sure. Um, they're telling me, I, I'm being told that, you know, I'm not to do that. Um, I have to set myself apart. And I wasn't convicted, but now I feel like, you know, maybe I am wrong. And well. It all depends on who's telling you. Like so, so let's talk about that for a second. I think you make you make an even greater point as you're as you're observing this. Um, there is there is a, a great need. Let's start with the obvious. There is a great need for us to be believers in an unbelieving world, and there is a great need for us to be available to the Holy Spirit in living a life that is separate and committed to following God. So you and I agree with that, right? Yes. Okay, so I think everybody can agree with that. What the big disagreement is, is what's allowed and what's not allowed. And I think you've met some people that say, hey, look, you can't even wear a T-shirt unless it was made by a Christian with Christian cotton and Christian sewing machines and whatever that means, right? Because that's not even possible. Like, it's... Some people will take a more radical approach and define separate and holy living as very strict codes of religious behavior, and that's you're hitting it on the head with with Luke seven because Jesus was sinless. Can we all agree on that? I think he was sinless. I mean, I don't think that. I believe that. It's the Bible says as much, and yet. He, he participated in a lot of behaviors that Christians say you can't do today. So he drank wine. Now, I personally, I personally, Ed Taylor, don't think it's a wise idea to drink wine in our today's culture. And that's just my point of view. I don't think it's a sin to drink. Uh, the Bible doesn't say that. It is a sin to be drunk. But because of my background and what it did to me, I want to live and I want to be around people that are living sober lives 
so we can help people that are under the you know that are addicted to that. But if I saw you drinking a glass of wine, I'm not going to run over and knock it out of your hand. Um, I'm not going to point my finger, or give you some side eye, or you know, it's like what kind of believer you are. I'm just going to respect that that's what you're doing, and you're doing it under the Lord. Uh, and I don't, I think you can do it without sinning. And so, you go out and you dance with your husband, and you enjoy him, and you enjoy the time of celebrating someone's wedding or ce- celebrating a wonderful day, and let everybody have their opinion which really doesn't matter. Only God's opinion matters. And I think the ones you should take serious is if you're stumbling someone and they really say, like, you let that be, which is very rare, by the way, but let's just say it does, that they're really not being legalistic, that you're actually stumbling them. And just have a conversation with your husband and say, well, how did I stumble you? Well, I don't believe you can dance. Well, you know, I'm sorry. You you shouldn't be stumbled over that. I'm going to go back out and and dance with my husband. <laughs> okay. All right. See you later. All right. We're uh, the music caught up to us. I don't know why I'm not watching the clock. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back. The time uh, caught up to me. I didn't really finish all of my thought with uh, the sister on the air. What was her name? Mary. Um, You know, I think when it comes to music that has lyrics other than lyrics uh, honoring God, it's always a it's always a challenge too, because some of those, like you say, the 80s music is, um, you know, you like 80s music, but unfortunately much of 80s music is the soundtrack of my sinful life. So that doesn't always, um, it doesn't always encourage me. Um, but we're in this world that there is no question that we are in this world. You can't even go to the supermarket for goodness sake these days without hearing some kind of secular music over the, you know, music that's not glorifying to God over the loudspeaker while you're getting your bread. Uh, you know, music's all throughout television. Uh, music is all throughout our, our culture. And so it's not the music in and of itself. It is what it can do to you. Um, but I, I think, you know, it just discourages me, the legalism, um, and and I, I have to always remember to make room for things that are not explicitly sin um, so that, um, you know, I'm not the final judge. Something Marie and I have been developing lately uh, as we're talking about difficulties in other churches or pastors that we hear stuff. Marie, even if I start talking and Marie's like wanting to rebuke me, she'll just say, not my servant. And it is a reference to... Uh, when Paul was writing um, to um, to the Romans uh, in Romans 14, it says, Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. And so there's just a lot of room. Um, and somebody followed up with a text um, that just said, did you say that Jesus drank wine? Yes, the Bible says Jesus drank wine. 
um, not only with the communion meal, Passover meal included wine that would be uh, regularly drank, you know, throughout the meal. But the very passage we were talking about in Luke 7, the Son of Man came eating and drinking. And it's in comparison. And, and the drinking we know was some kind of alcoholic beverage, which basically was wine, because they accused him of being a wine bibber. So when we we know that we know that drinking in and of itself, alcohol beverages, is not a sin, uh, but drunkenness is. And uh, I wrote on this, by the way. If you, um, I wrote a, an article on my website, edtaylor.org, um, because this is such a divisive thing, and I wanted to bring some some sanity to the conversation. Uh, and I'm going to just say, uh, if you go to the website and go and search just the word alcohol, uh, an article is going to come up. The very first article is, is drinking alcohol a sin? And and I wrote on it, and I'm very happy with my, with my answer. Um, that's why I posted it. And it was just something that needs to be said. Um, because I think we're asking the wrong question. I'm, although I think it's an easy question to answer. Is drinking alcohol a sin? No. But I think that's the wrong answer. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> okay, wake up, Ed. It is the wrong question, right answer. I think the better question to ask is this. Is drinking alcohol wise? And that is the question I go in and start talking about. Just if you shift your thinking a little bit, you can say, you know, I could say the same thing, uh, like yesterday on our show about every seed, you know, in order to justify smoking pot, you know, we can have everything in the garden, everything in the world. Just nonsense. So so what, how about if we substituted alcohol with poison ivy? Is rubbing poison ivy all over your body a sin? No. But that's the wrong question to ask. The right question to ask is, is rubbing poison ivy all over your body wise? And we would want not to do something that's unwise, even though it's not sinful. So go to my website, edtaylor.org, and I talk about this in length um, on that um, on that topic. And then I just got a text from a brother. I'm not going to use his name, and I don't have permission but I asked him very directly because I know him, and this was exactly my question. And it's unrelated, actually, to the program. It just happens to be who who reached out. He says, hey, Pastor Ed, popped into my mind today, praying all is well. My response during the break was, hallelujah, are you staying sober? Because it's been a battle for him. And his answer was, yes, sir, 100%. So we rejoice in the sustaining power of God in my brother's life. And it's same for you. Pennsylvania. We're going to head over to Pennsylvania. Jordan, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. All I right. would uh, fully agree with your comment about poison ivy, um, as I'm highly allergic to it. So. <laughs> See, it's not wise. I agree. No, no, not at all. Um, so uh, I guess my question is a two-part question. So um, as far as the Sabbath in the New Testament... I don't believe we're, as non-Jews, required to obey the Sabbath in the same way they were, because they obviously celebrated it on Saturday. Correct. Um, now, <clears throat> I grew up in uh, a Mennonite home, and uh, we're a little bit you know, more religious, meticulous about 
um, honoring the day of rest as, you know, Jesus defines it as taking a day of rest. It's for man on Sunday because that's more or less when our culture does it. And it's kind of turned into a day for, um, I guess, Christians to get together. Sure. So um, <clears throat> my wife's background is, I guess, a little bit more, I don't know, free in that area. And maybe it's an issue that I need to deal with. Um, I personally don't feel the freedom to, you know, skip church on a Sunday. That would be very hard for me. For sure. her, it was a little bit easier. And the, um, I guess, the, dis- the dispute, more or less, or the difference we had was <clears throat> she does a craft um, show, and it was just a one-of, but she wanted to do it on Sunday. Yes. Um, I ended up, you know, just going with her, but... I had a real, you know, there was no peace in me about it. Sure. So I guess, you know, maybe it's more of just us as husband and wife figuring that out. But, you know, I I wanted to see kind of, you know, maybe your perspective on that. And, you know, uh, the the main thing I had was this is the day that we get together that we're called to as believers to get together. For me, that's just hard to skip. Um well, certainly gathering together with the saints um, is something we're not to neglect, that we're to come together, that our hearts are to desire that, and that we're not to minimize the gathering of the saints, for sure. But you know, as well as I do, there are all sorts of reasons why we don't gather. For example, number one would be if the snow was too heavy and we didn't get cleared away, we couldn't open the church. It's just unsafe, and we couldn't open the church, so we'd play something online. Um, we have snow. We call them in Pennsylvania. I bet you guys do the same thing. We have snow days here, um, and it's it just stinks because it seems like the snow days only happen on Sundays, and well, we have Saturday and Sunday services. Kind of brings some complications to that, but there are definitely times we don't come. Another reason that we wouldn't come to church is if we're sick, right? If you were sick, you'd stay home, wouldn't you? Yes? Yes. And so I think that as you walk in the freedom that you have, you realize that church attendance isn't how your relationship with God is measured, but rather your heart. And I don't mean that as like a cop-out, because your desire is to be together. Your desire is to be with the saints. Your desire is to worship as a family. Um, But, you know, there were times I worked on the Sundays, um, I was just talking about this uh, recently where, you know, there were times where I had to work on Sundays. I worked for a company that was open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I worked for an ambulance company. So I had to work on Sundays occasionally. My wife had to go to work without or church without me. And, and so there, I say all this to say that there are a lot of exceptions to perfect church attendance. And even with the exceptions, God is not, un, you know, displeased with us. Uh, that we weren't in fellowship for a good reason. And, you know, those good reasons vary. Now, when it comes to the Sabbath, you know, the you're right. There's a New Covenant equivalent of the Sabbath, and the New Covenant equivalent of the Sabbath is Jesus himself. We don't observe the Sabbath now in by a day. We, deserve, we observe the Sabbath now by faith. And, and so let's say somebody couldn't come to church here at Calvary, uh, let's say they couldn't make it on a Sunday. Well, we're here on Saturdays, and we're also here on Wednesdays, corporately, 
and then a bunch of small groups along the way. So if they came to a small group in worship, if they came to a prayer meeting in worship, if they came to a church service in worship, like if they went to another church in worship, like the 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 heart is is that we are abiding in Christ every day. He is our rest. So by faith in Jesus Christ, we have fulfilled the law because he fulfilled it for us. And I think you and your wife do have, you know, it's a place of maturity and just talking things through so that you guys agree what your priorities are as a marriage. You guys agree on how you're going to to seek to fulfill those priorities. And you guys agree that occasionally you're not going to hit the mark. You're just, you and I would just will not hit even the marks that we set for ourselves. But though a man falls seven times, he'll rise again. And so if we are unable to make it to church or unable in in some way to fulfill our goals, then we just say, you know, and our hearts are clean before the Lord, then we just let it be and move forward. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I I get the value that you have, and I'm not, you know, people can misunderstand me. They go, oh, well, pastor just said I don't have to go to church. I didn't say that. I'm just saying that there's freedom and that we don't hit the mark 100% of the time. And there's even been time. I mean, there's been times I, not so much as a pastor, I don't call in sick that way, but I have come to church and not wanted to be here. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm the stinking pastor, and and I'm like, I just don't want to be here. I mean, in those early days of grief, I just did not want to be on this property. And I was here by obedience, and it always ended up being a blessing to me. I'm always encouraged by the life of our church. But, I mean, if physical, if it was just the physical attendance— then yeah, I guess you could be physically here and not mentally here. Like so, it's really that abiding, joyful relationship with Jesus. And then when it comes to the practicality, it just sounds like you and your wife have to make up, make as many priority goals as you can, and then come with a, you know, a commitment to hit those goals together. Okay, yeah, I I think that makes sense. It it was just like I said, the hard part for me was you know. The um, the selling uh, of of something on on Sunday, which isn't necessarily prohibited, but but you know what you you also hit, and I think people listening in could relate to what you're describing is just that it doesn't feel good to do something in a tradition that you grew up with because there's nothing sinful about selling on a Sunday, nothing at all, zero. I mean, I guess it could be sinful if you know if you make the church a merchandise, you know. And, you know, Jesus condemned what the religious rulers were doing at the temple, but obviously you're not describing that. But there's nothing sinful in and of itself of doing business on Sunday. At all. Zero. I mean, I guess unless you're selling something illegal or something, I mean, obviously there's some reasons, but but you grew up with that tradition and traditions are hard to shake. Yeah, I, I agree. It, yeah, tradition, background, um, like like you just said, you know, uh, I grew up on a farm, so we had to work on Sunday. Yes, you know, yes. the animals need to eat. So. Yes, that's right. Um, that's and that's the principle that Jesus brought out, isn't it? He, you know, the religious rulers are all flipping out about what he's doing on the Sabbath, and he goes, "What are you guys? What if one of your animals falls into a ditch? You're going to get it out." 
Yeah, exactly. And he was just calling out the hypocrisy. But I think it's the really, you know, it's kind of like the previous question with the dancing and the music and stuff. It's, it's like, okay, we agree with God to be holy and separate. And we are asking for God's wisdom of what that looks like day to day. And in this case, you guys learned about something that made you uneasy, and it just gives you as a married couple an opportunity to talk through thoughts and feelings and to give each other room to express themselves and then to pray through it and then come up with a game plan the next time it happens. I mean, it's like my kids playing sports. I'm always discouraged. Personally, I'm still discouraged how much sports that they uh, schedule on Sundays. You know, my kids had all-day tournaments that I didn't get to go to because I was here. Um, but they could come to church on a Wednesday or they could come to church on a Saturday. So I didn't prohibit them. I didn't say, kids, this Sunday you must be in church. No, they came on Saturday or they came on Wednesday or they went to youth group on Friday or like I, I wanted them to participate in life and at the same time maintain a relationship with Jesus. And they did. Okay. Yeah, I um, I, I think that, that makes sense. Um, could I kind of add a, a, a part question into what you just stated sure so um you, you know like, like you said to the last caller um you know w- with with alcohol even um is it uh is it sinful no but you, you know is it unwise just because you know people see other christians not necessarily as a sin but just going to sporting events on sundays or whatever and, and missing out on church does would you deem that maybe as not necessarily sinful but unwise, just as our witness is concerned? Well, it depends, right? Because, like, I could say, I mean, let's just say, I know I'm going to make it silly, but I'm, the, the question you're asking is not silly, but I'm going to make it kind of silly. Um, uh, husband A and wife A, you know, Mr. and Mrs. ABC go to the Broncos game here in Denver, and they wear T-shirts, I am a Christian, and then we see them at the game uh, on the television screen, and it says, I am a Christian. And automatically we're like, how dare they? How could they skip church and go to, I am, you know, I'm a Christian. How could they go to a football game? Like, we don't know anything about them. We don't know what their life is. We don't know if they went to church on Saturday. We don't know if they're going to go to church on Sunday night. We we don't know anything about them. And so I think part of what we, part of where we need to really be is stepping into people's lives without prejudging them because we don't know anything about them. Like my kids, I'm the pastor. I've been always open with my life and my family, and I know I don't hit the mark all the time. I'm not perfect in every way, and I can hold uh, viewpoints that even sound conflicting at times. They go, man, I can't believe how much they schedule sports on Sunday. And then you might ask, well, where's your son? Well, he's playing baseball. He's in a tournament. Well, how can you hold both of those? Well, because I don't like all the unbelievers being pulled away. Uh, maybe they get an invitation to church and they're pulled. I got a lot of reasons for that. But then my boy, like he lives at church, if you want to look at it that way. My kids, they our house is a church. This church consumes our lives. This is our calling. And the fact that he's playing a tournament on Sunday doesn't mean that he doesn't have a worship life or that he's skipping out on church because he was there Saturday night. Or like I said, he was there on Wednesday. And I think that I think that we... Before we come to conclusions, we probably would be better to get to know someone to learn the whole story. And then people we don't know or will never learn about, we don't need to worry about them. Okay. 
Yeah, I think um, I think that adds some clarity to it, and uh, really appreciate your answer there. Yeah, it's 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 really good that we can talk about this and nuance it because one size fits all answers don't really uh, they don't exist. Like sometimes it sounds that way, but they don't really exist. It's kind of like you, you know, here we are talking on the radio and we got this conversation. And then I take a trip to Philly, visit my friend out there. And then I see Jordan skipping church, um, selling watermelons on the side of the road that he grew in his farm. And I'm like, Jordan, didn't you listen to the call? How could you skip church and so and, and do your fruit stand? And I'm like, Ed, calm down, man. Calm down because... I love the Lord, and I plan on going to church on Wednesday, and and I really want to be in, like I was watching online, and just because I don't I'm not going to make this, I ha- like there's so many things that Jordan could be saying to me that I should probably just care about Jordan more than I care about him going to church because if I care about Jordan and what his life is, then a lot of those prejudging questions are going to be answered because I know you and I understand you and I give you the benefit of the doubt. And social media has made us so hypercritical of everybody with so little information that I think it spilled over into the church. And Jesus already knew that, right? He said, hey, don't judge lest you be judged. And that's not like a blanket statement of don't ever make any judgments. He's basically saying don't be hypercritical because the way you judge is the way you're going to be judged. Don't do that. You know, judgment is mine. It's reserved for the Son. It's been given to Him by the Father. And I just think if we cultivated more relationships— we'd be less critical of one another. Amen. Well, thanks for the time, Pastor Ed. I, I really appreciate that, and that's that's really helped a lot. You're welcome. Bless you, my brother. Yes, you too. All right, bye-bye. Good evening. Bye. All right, here's a great follow-up question. I love this, so thank you for texting. Did, G, did you say Jesus drank wine? Yes. Can you give me scriptures for him drinking wine, please? I am shocked. And so here you go, Luke chapter 7, somewhere, I was just looking at it, let me just make sure I give you the right reference, this this is just one of them, Luke 7, let's say, because this is good, I'm going to take it 31 through 35, so 31, I'm just going to take it uh, as you've never learned this in the Bible before, and that happens, you could read the Bible your whole life and miss that Jesus drank wine. Um, I want to be clear. What I didn't say is that Jesus got drunk. That is not what happened. That's clearly sin. But drinking wine is definitely not a sin. And not only Luke chapter 7, did they accuse him of being a wine-bibber because he was drinking? That's the context. But also in the Passover meal, wine is served, even as it is to this day, and it was the cup of wine that he passed that said, take and drink. This is the blood of the new covenant that's going to be shed for you. Wine there was a symbol. And, you know, let's not read into the text like he took the cup and didn't partake himself. Of course he participated in taking the Passover meal. So I hope that's the, uh, it's just something, um, something that you're just learning. So look it up, Luke 7, 31. I see you texting again. Tell me what you think. 303-690-3000 is the number. Where are we? Aurora, Craig, welcome to the program. 
Oops, I got to push the button. Sorry. Craig, you're on the air. Pastor, God bless you. Hey, uh, real quick, did you do a teaching on uh, how to witness to the Jehovah Witness when it comes to the resurrection or uh, Jesus not being God? I haven't. However, I have taught through the Gospel of John, and there are many times where Jesus speaks of the I Am statements, and I have spoken on... Uh, as a matter of fact, you can email me, and I'll give you my notes on the deity of Jesus Christ. I have taught on the Trinity. I have taught on the deity of Christ. I have taught on the fact that Jesus is God, and I can send you that info. Okay. Uh, I <clears throat> guess, uh, okay, I, I'm going to leave it like that. So okay. what, what's the best email for you? Ed at edtaylor.org. Ed, that's E-D at E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot org. And just remind me what you're asking for, and I'll send it to you. All right. Appreciate you, man. All right, man. Bless you, Craig. Bye-bye. And by the way, Craig, um, if this is a question about Jehovah's Witnesses, best book in the world, best book for this topic, Reasoning from the Scriptures with Jehovah's Witnesses by Ron Rhodes. And I'll include that in the email as well. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's go over to DeQueen, Arkansas. Fred, welcome to the program. Fred, you're on the air. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, Pastor Ed? Yes. I, I want to uh, give a praise report. Okay, let's do it. Let's hear it. Well, that's on my son. He's been battling cancer for over, uh, oh, well, over a year now, and he got his results last week. And he's cancer free. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, and he's got one, one more surgery, and he'll have it over with. And that's what I was wanting prayer for my son. Okay, Father, we rejoice with Fred, and are grateful for the report of his son being cancer free. And now in just a couple weeks, God, he has a surgery. We pray for your favor from this surgery. Uh, we know that so many surgeries, we step into them and we, um, we are, um, you know, they seem routine, but no surgery is ever routine. So guide the wisdom, you know, the hands of the doctors and that they would, just, they are human, but, and they do make mistakes. So we just pray that you would, guide the doctors and give them wisdom and all the training they were given so that the surgery would be successful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Fred. Bless you. Here's a little note that I received. We can tell you are from California. And so my question back to this fine gentleman is, "How do you? what do you mean I'm from California? And they said, because you cancel services. Because I guess real Colorado people don't cancel services. You just drive and... S- 12 inches of snow, and you make it all dangerous for people. And, you know, I don't, of all the years you've known me, sir, I don't think you know me. Of all the years you know me, I don't think you know me. But I do, you do know me that I'm not a big snow fan. 303-690-3000. Wow. We're coming up at the end of the program today. Came back very quickly. Um, I want to invite you to, to be in prayer Uh, For Jim, he's in some critical time in his life right now, and we pray for miraculous healing and mercy upon his body. 
and for all the family that's surrounding him and love and care and family coming in from out of state. Um, just join me in prayer for Jim, for his family. Uh, I know many of you have situations that you want prayer for. You can always pre- text us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This number is open. Even if you don't get a response, don't worry about it. All the prayer requests get copied and sent to our prayer teams here at Calvary Church in Colorado. The text 24-7 prayer line, texting only, don't leave a message, only texting, 720 I'm looking at quite a few texts that came in today. Many of them are prayer requests. I assure you, if we didn't pray for you on the air, that we're going to send them to our prayer team uh, probably tomorrow morning. So just send them in, and we want to encourage you. We have service tonight here in Colorado. If you're in the Denver metro area, join us at 7 p.m. We're studying through the book of Genesis. I'd love to have you. Uh, We pray together, have communion together, study the Bible together, sing together. We'll be here at 7 p.m. Mountain Time if you can't be here, you're from another state, join us. Download our free app. Uh, put my name in your app store, Ed Taylor, and then you can connect to us, our radio station. You can connect um, with our live stream. We stream every single service. We're upgrading all our equipment again uh, so that we have the, the best technology um, to, to do it. And, you know, we're pressing in. We want to be used greatly by the Lord. Um, that the Lord would use us greatly. And we, we, we just counted a privilege to serve you. And um, we pray for you, even if we don't know you personally. Uh, and we appreciate your prayers for us. So you hear the music? Again, go to our website, calvaryco.church. COs for Colorado, calvaryco.church. And support local Christian radio. Would you? God bless you guys. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.